um, first. And so um, that's going to be key. And I, and I believe that we're well within those means, but we cannot disconnect what's happening, um, what God has released and what's going to happen from the partnership that comes through prayer. Effectual and fervent prayer. Amen. Effectual and fervent prayer of God's people. Amen. Being released to to uh, function in decreeing what thus thus saith the Lord. We're going to go back. I've been dealing with apostolic ministry. I've been dealing with apostolic family, apostolic fathers, um, revealed mystery. Um, and I kind of told a fear because I said we were going to jump back into or we we're going to go into roots this week. But God kind of continued to deal with me in mystery and we probably try to get to roots on Sunday. Um, on Sunday, we'll try to get to that, but we're not going to get to that on this Wednesday. We're going to stay in the vein of mystery and understanding uh, that we, through revealed mystery, become a mystery ourselves to principalities and powers in spiritual wickedness, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. We understand that to the measure our purpose is rooted in the eternal, uh, in eternity, we ourselves have a right to be mystery. We get, we are positioned out of range out of the attacks of the enemy through being mystery. They don't know how to attack us. They don't know what works. The devil doesn't know what works. Don't let him. The only reason why he knows what works is because you agree with the lie and believed it that he knows what works. So that's why he did what he did. That's not what he did what he did. He did what he did because he doesn't know what works right. unless you're in the flesh. Amen. The devil knew as soon as I got to work, that was going to get to me. That's because you were in your flesh. He knows flesh. He doesn't know son. Right. He does not know what we're about to do. He has no clue about what we're about to do in this city. Amen. Amen. And so he just blankets everything. Why did he kill all the babies during the time of the birth of Jesus? Because he did not know which one was Jesus. So he just killed everything. Why did they kill all the babies during the times of Moses? Because they did not know which one would be the deliverer. Amen. Why did the Nazi rise up and try to kill all the Jews? Because they did not know which Jew. All throughout him, the devil has never known. That's why he pulls out all stops. He does not pull out all stops because he knows. He pulls out all stops because he doesn't know. Amen. And so what we got to understand is, is our ability to be mystery is based off of eternity, having an eternal anchor. That everything I do in time is based off of that eternal anchor. Amen. It may, do you understand life doesn't make sense without eternity? Amen. Life really don't make sense Unless I, I'm rooted in the eternal, all the things we got to fight, all the things we got to deal with, all the obstacles just to live 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years if, if God is good to me and be done with it. It don't make sense. Right. And it's not worth getting up and fighting for every day without eternity. Right. Amen. It's not worth going through all the things you got to go through without eternity. Amen. Amen. That eternal that eternal anchor gives me the ability to be an overcomer in the things that have to do with time. And, and so, so we, we are now rooting ourselves in, eternal, in an eternal perspective that makes us a mystery. 
that puts us out of range of the enemy, that puts our family out, out of range of the enemy, that puts our children out of range of the enemy. Amen. Through that purpose. And so I want to deal with that a little bit more. The fellowship of the mystery. And so go to Ephesians. Chapter number three. Uh, we'll start reading at verse number three. We're supposed to be a mystery. You know how certain people do stuff because they know it get on your nerves? They're not supposed to know what gets on your nerves. They're not even supposed to be able to locate your nerves. Your nerves are unknown to everybody around you. Amen? So the thing isn't avoiding them. The thing is receiving the newness of life. In that newness of life, folk don't know what push your buttons. My buttons are out of your reach. Amen? Amen. That's what we got to understand. That's what God offers us. That's what he has called us into. Amen? Amen. That's what he's called us into. So Ephesians chapter 3, amen, and verse number um, 3. Let's read it. It says, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Everybody say the mystery. As I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you have, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Everybody say mystery which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. We talked about how apostolic ministry, apostolic um, family, mystery is only um, um, accomplished through apostolic and prophetic voices. Apostolic and prophetic government have dispensational authority over mystery. And we already dealt with that. Verse number six. And if you're apostolic and prophetic, you're holy. You're not normal. You're not every day. You're not like everybody else if you're apostolic and prophetic. Amen. Verse number six, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ Jesus by the gospel. Um, verse seven, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Everybody say fellowship of the mystery. Amen. Which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We got a name from heaven. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Glory. 
may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. We dealt with the dimensional love of God and how we apprehend that. Comprehend means to apprehend. How we pull the love of God that permeates the spiritual realm. The love of God is completely permeates the spiritual realm. There is no place in the spirit realm in heaven in the heavens where the love of God does not permeate. Yet and still in dimension, in length, depth, width, and height, God's love ain't everywhere. We can go around the corner and there's a man beating his wife right now. The, the, the length, depth, width, and height of the love of God is not there. Although it completely permeates, there is a young man being molested somewhere in our county right now. The love of God is not there. But he's what he's saying is what we can do, amen, through our rooting, our root reaching is pull that love that permeates the heavenly realm into length, depth, width, and height. We can begin to bring it into our world, amen, and that our world can begin to be subjugated, amen, subjugated to the love of God, amen, bless the Lord. And so we, we are now, we don't just apprehend his length, depth, width, and height just so we can have a good life. It's not just for my house, amen, I can begin to now, amen, his length, his love is bigger than my house. The height of his love is bigger than my family. I can now begin to pull on the length, death, width, and height of his love. So that means I can begin to bring cities under the love of God. Neighborhoods under the love of God. Communities under the love of God. This is the way we must begin to think. Amen? So, so now, so may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know what? The love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Father, we just thank you and bless you that you speak clearly to us on tonight, Lord God. We just thank you for the apostol an apostolic deposit, a supernatural distribution of the revelations of heaven into earth that make us individuals that can carry heaven into earth. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that this will come out of this with more of your image and more of your likeness. That we'll leave here hotter than we came for the Lord. Lord God, that there would be no lukewarmness among us whatsoever in any area of our lives concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. We bless you and give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated in the house of God. I want to go back to verse number 9. Ephesians 3, verse number 9. It says, to make all men to see what is... The fellowship of the mystery. Everybody say fellowship of the mystery. Mystery conceives a fellowship uh, out of its mystery. In other words, mystery bursts a dimension of fellowship between a, a group of people only made possible by the mysteries being revealed amongst that company of people. Mystery makes us, as a group, a certain expression of fellowship that we could not be had we not been exposed to those mysteries. Right. 
Everybody following what I'm saying? So God's intention, please hear me, in revealing mystery is to conceive an apostolic fellowship. Amen. In other words, watch this. A company of people who begin releasing the realities of heaven upon the mysteries in the earth. Amen. Uh, uh, please hear me and hear me closely. All the mysteries on earth. I'm talking about kingdom now. I'm not talking about getting your bill paid and things that we're moving beyond that. Amen. All the, all of the mysteries on earth are due to earth's misalignment with heaven. All the mysteries on earth are due to earth's misalignment. I want to teach tonight with heaven. Where earth isn't functioning as it is in heaven, earth has issues it cannot solve. Right. Amen? So earth's mysteries are where earth has rejected heaven's authority over her existence. Do you understand that divorce is a mystery? Right. Do you understand that depression is a mystery. Do you understand that cancer is a mystery? Do you understand that lust is a mystery? All these are mysteries. People don't want to lust, but they do. People don't want to be depressed, but they are. People try to fight off divorce, but they end up divorced. Do you understand that racism is a mystery? Do you understand that poverty is a mystery to man? Uh, if it wasn't a mystery, then nobody would be poor. Glory be to God. Poverty is a mystery. Mental illness is a mystery. Multiple sclerosis is a mystery. Drug addiction is a mystery. That's why we got drug prevention programs, because we don't know how to stop people from getting on drugs. Pornography is a what? Mystery. God's answer for every single mystery facing the earth is the fellowship of mystery. See, I'm trying to help you understand our role in this. His answer to every one of those mysteries is a fellowship conceived out of mystery or a family of believers who through exposure to ministry, uh, mystery become a mystery, therefore inheriting the right to minister to mystery. Amen. See, once we properly honor mystery, we become a measure of mystery that's empowered to minister to mystery. Please hear what I'm saying, and this is so, so key. You got to get this if you're going to understand how we're going to function in this next season. Only mysteries can solve mysteries. I'm going to say that again. Only mysteries can solve mysteries. You can't Use something known to solve something unknown. Right. I'm going to say that again. You can't use something known to solve something unknown. Only mysteries can solve mysteries. Anytime God is exposing to us mysteries because he's ready to solve some of earth's mysteries, he has to bring us into mystery because only a mystery can now subjugate a mystery. All right, the best way I can explain is this. Go to Psalm 42, verse 7. And I'll speed up in a minute. Psalm 42, verse number 7. It's a very, we, we, we now quote this, this uh, text all the time. Um, we use it for a lot of things. Psalms 42, verse 7. It says what? Deep calleth unto deep. Deep calleth unto deep. Deep calleth unto deep. I love what Damon Thompson calls that. 
he calls that the principle of relatable dimensions or the law of relatable dimensions. That really, really blesses me. Amen. Deep will only respond to something at its depth. Deep calls unto deep. In other words, shallow can't call deep and get a response. Wide can't call deep and get a response. Only deep can call, get a response out of deep. It takes something deep to pull out something deep. Amen. If I'm speak, you, I can only speak to you based off of your depth. If you're shallow and I'm speaking something deep, my deep can't speak to your shallow. So you really don't understand what I'm saying because deep can only speak to the problem is, is when the preacher refuses to go deep because he now uh, has gotten comfortable with people being shallow. Right. Amen? Amen. So deep calls unto deep. It takes a mystery to get a response out of a mystery. Do you understand that cancer will not bow to chemotherapy? You understand because chemotherapy is known and cancer is a mystery it is shallow trying to command deep so cancer doesn't always respond to chemotherapy why because cancer isn't deep it isn't a mystery uh, 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 chemotherapy isn't a mystery but cancer is but when mystery begins conceiving a fellowship of mystery I'm trying to help you understand you the mystery of cancer is now facing a fellowship of mystery called the church deep can call unto deep the mystery of cancer has to respond when the mystery called the church rises up and begins to command cancer. It takes a mystery to get a response out of a mystery. Anxiety will not bow to man's medication. Why? Because man's medication is known and anxiety is a mystery. That's why anxiety will subside with pills but won't leave with pills because you have something shallow trying to deal with something deep. You have something that has been known trying to get rid of something unknown. I don't know how anxiety attacks come upon you. I don't know why that happens, but I'm going to give you this known medication that will just subside it. But when mystery begins conceiving a fellowship of mystery, I'm trying to talk to the church up in here, a fellowship of mystery called the church and the church rises up and begins to command the mystery called anxiety. We are now functioning on a superior mystery because it's the mystery of that which is eternal talking to the mysteries of that which is seen and that which is seen is temporal but that which is eternal that is unseen is eternal so one mystery solves the other I'm here to tell you every mystery man has is going to be solved right here in the church it won't be solved in a lab it won't be solved by a scientist it won't be solved by an astronaut it'll be solved by men and women of God being revealed the mystery Mysteries of Christ. Apostolic fellowship is more than us hearing what others aren't hearing. That's where we're missing it. 
It is an atmosphere of mystery that's actually making us a mystery so we can go out and enforce the superior mysteries of the kingdom upon the inferior mysteries that are on the earth. I just can't get along with my wife. Well, that's an easy mystery. Amen? Do you understand some of you are actually walking around with the answer to that mystery right now? Because you've been in an atmosphere of mystery? Amen? So God's answer for mystery is mystery. Now, I'm going to share this with you, and it's going to blow your mind, but it'll make sense in a minute, I hope. Do you understand that God does not want to solve our mysteries? Or he doesn't want to figure out for us what we cannot figure out. I'm going to say that again. He does not want to figure. There's some things you're trying to figure out that you want God to figure out for you. He does not want to figure them out for you. There's some problems that you face that you don't know what to do. There's some issues that you try to overcome that you have not been able to overcome. And you're asking God to figure them out and solve them. And God does not want to solve them. He wants to bring us to the point where we, where, where, where what we couldn't solve can no longer solve us. He wants to make us a mystery in the face of that mystery. So the mystery that once was to us, now we become a mystery to it. Amen. That's why he says stuff like hidden manna. That's why he says stuff like hidden from the prudent and the wise. Uh, Glory be to God. That's why he says stuff like hidden wisdom. There was a time, see y'all missing it, but there was a time where to stop drinking was a mystery to some of us. I wish I could get a witness up in here. You tried to stop drinking. You tried to figure out how to stop drinking, but you couldn't stop drinking. Stop drinking was a mystery to you. There was a time to stop lusting was a mystery to you. There were times you wanted to stop doing what you were doing, but you couldn't figure out exactly how to stop doing what you were doing. Am I telling the truth? God did not bring you out of alcohol. There was a time where being angry was a mystery to you. You would lose your cool, you would snap on folks, and you could not control your anger. God did not solve those mysteries for you. He brought you into a measure of mystery as an identity that what we couldn't solve could no longer solve. Drinking still wants to make me drink. It just can't figure out how to make me anymore because through revealed mystery, I became a mystery to alcoholism. Lust is still attempting to bring me into lust. It just can't figure out how to make me lust no more because revealed mystery made me a mystery to lust. You are not free because God freed you. You're free because you're a mystery. That devil still wants you. He just can't figure out how to make you no more because God made you a greater mystery than the mystery of bondage. God's answer for mystery is mystery. Mystery begets mystery. Through mystery, this is what we got to understand. Through mystery now, 
we move out of behavior modification ministry or we move out of behavior modification paradigm into transformation paradigm. I no longer simply have to alter my behaviors. I'm giving access to become a new creature. I don't have to avoid everybody that drinks anymore not to drink. Glory be to God. But I could be around you while you drink all night long. I don't have to avoid everybody that smokes not to smoke no more. I could be around everybody that smokes and it'll be a mystery to them how I'm not doing it anymore but I've been made a mystery to a mystery you're yet to solve and nicotine can't solve me no more come on crack can't solve me no more sex can't solve me no more when you get mad just think positive thoughts no angry anger can't solve me no more I'm not trying to modify my behavior. I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind. I am not trying to alter where I go. I've been made a new creature. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is for the rest of your life. You don't have to grit your teeth for all the things you don't want to do no more and hope you don't ever fall into a place where you're finally made exposed and vulnerable and you subside to it again. But I'm here to tell you right now, God wants to throw you in a lion's den. Yeah with a whole bunch of lions but make you a mystery to the lions. Now we eat meat but for some reason we can't eat this man named Daniel because God made that man a mystery to the lions. Man, God been doing this for a long time. Why didn't fire burn up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Because God made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego a mystery to fire. My God, I'm a mystery to depression. My God, I'm a mystery to heaviness. My God, I'm a mystery to stress. God solves mystery by making us a greater mystery. New creature. Somebody shout, new creature. My God. A new creature is an unprecedented creation. Creature means creation. A new creature is an unprecedented creation that cannot be solved by anything in the created order. He makes us a new creation. The angels can't even figure it out. The manifold wisdom of God that's being revealed by the church, the angels don't even know. Amen. So this is my thing. This is the point that I want to make. This is what I want to seek into you. If we can become a mystery to alcoholism, can't we become a mystery to cancer? My God. The same God that made me a mystery to alcohol Glory be to God. Is the same God that can make me to a mystery to cancer that when I command cancer, cancer don't even understand why it got to go when I open my mouth. And all I do is come back and say, even the demons are subject unto me in his name. If we can become a mystery to anger, can't we become a mystery to AIDS? The same mister, the same thing that made me a mystery to anger, can it make me a mystery to AIDS where I can go 
to Hope Health and while they're walking through the doors, tell them this is going to be the last day you ever take HIV medication. But when you walk through those doors today, baby, and they run a test, they're going to find that you ain't have AIDS anymore. I got a mystery for you today. Glory be to God. I've been being revealed the mysteries of the glory of a living what happens when we understand the ministry of mystery? See, you don't think you can be a, a mystery to AIDS if you don't even believe you can be a mystery to alcohol. If you ain't a mystery to sex, how you gonna ever be a mystery to cancer? We grow in the realm of mystery. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. So what we got to understand is we as sons and daughters of God who have become mystery through revealed mystery can begin to solve mystery. God has been for 12 years formed in this house forming a fellowship of mystery because he's going to use us to solve the mysteries of this region. Now I'm talking to the people that have actually entered into a measure of ministry, mystery. If you ain't entered into a measure of mystery, you just think I'm talking whim-wham. But if you've entered into a measure of mystery, you understand authority at a greater level. God is now making us the, the solving of mysteries to this region through making us a mystery greater than the mysteries facing Darlington and Florence. Uh, see, do you understand that the mystery of teenage pregnancy will bow to the mystery being formed in this house right now? That there is going to, that, that nowhere else, uh, it may be in the whole county where there aren't any babies and any young ladies that aren't married yet pregnant. They're going to find a whole house full of uh, young ladies uh, that ain't pregnant. Uh, glory be to God. Uh, now, a lot of people would say, well, you know, my baby is, is she's, they're, they're stepping out in sex or whatsoever. What if they get pregnant? in here. That don't change a doggone thing. God's mystery is still going to reveal mystery until God reveals it to the whip, the young men and the young women that honor that mystery enough to become a mystery to perversion. That perversion can't figure it out. I put my cleavage in their face and they don't go for it. I glory be to God. I tell them everything you tell as a, mat, a young girl and they won't fall for it. I'm here to tell you right now some of you are becoming a mystery and you don't even know it. The stuff that's turning other folk on ain't gonna turn you on the stuff that's drawing other people ain't gonna draw you and you're gonna wonder why I don't get excited like they got excited about going to the club about shaking my butt it's simply because mystery is making you a mystery without even you realizing when you honor mystery you become a mystery you ever got around people who grew up saying I just never wanted to drink and everybody around you drunk Somebody shout mystery. The mystery of diabetes will bow to the fellowship of mystery being formed and revealed in our midst. The mystery of poverty and spiritual blindness will bow 
in the, I don't care if it's poverty everywhere else. They're going to come in a place where ain't nobody broke. They, oh, glory be to God. They're going to come into a place where if, if there is a out of the blue $100 seed, everybody pull it out like, man, that ain't nothing for me. If there's an out of a blue $150 seed, everybody pull it out. There will be no poverty in here as long, even if there's poverty out there and it'll be a mystery. How? Everybody in your church. And you don't preach about money every week. Now, if you really understood mystery, I wish somebody in here would act like you know that God is who he's. God, watch this. God, by way of revelation, is making us a mystery that the mysteries of this region can't solve. You know why so many demonic attacks came against us because the, the principalities couldn't solve us. You know why the principalities said I was gay? Because there were so many that were, and that gay spirit worked on them. You know why that spirit said I slept with women I wasn't married to? Because the spirit of adultery worked on most of them, but it just didn't work on me. So, so now what the devil did was attack me in every way I wouldn't submit because I've been a mystery the entire time. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Glory be to God. And I bless God because I finally got far enough to figure out what I've been the entire time time a mystery I've been a mystery this whole time <laughs> and thought something was wrong with me I want to encourage you if you don't fit in it's just because you're a mystery I want to encourage you if you don't want to talk about what everybody else want to talk about I just want you to know you're a mystery I want to encourage you if you don't like to spend Saturday like everybody else likes to spend Saturday I just want to encourage you you're just a mystery because I'm not subject to the principality I know everybody else don't get up till 12 o'clock I know everybody else don't get in the shower until 1 o'clock but I refuse to submit to the spirit of poverty and laziness I'm getting up at 6 just like I do every other day because I want this devil to know you ain't got me you'll never figure me out my God I'm a mystery I feel like saying mm -hmm. yeah I'm a mystery Amen. Amen. I'm a mystery. So alcoholism won't be able to solve our company. Depression won't be able to solve our company. There'll be nobody in our church that will suffer from depression. There'll be nobody in our church that will be addicted to alcohol. There'll be nobody in our church that's spiritually blind. There'll be nobody in our church that has poverty. There'll be nobody in our church with a broken family. There'll be nobody in our church that goes through a divorce. There'll be nobody in our church. Can I get somebody up in here that understands revealed mystery? Mystery makes you, do you understand divorce is by way of a principality? But, if, but, but we are now by the manifold wisdom of God being made known by the church. We, they don't know how we're going to do it, but all they know is they can't stop it. Do you understand the demons and devils, the principalities and powers of divorce can't figure us out? 
They love each other more, and we had them on the edge of divorce. I wish I could get a witness up in here. Some of you came here on the edge of divorce, and they and we they messed around after they were told not to come to that church. They stepped foot in a cloud of mystery, and now they're talking about their 20th year anniversary. What in the world happened? You got in a cloud called mystery. that is amen amen see this is what we got to understand God I thank you come on I, 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 I just thank God for people that have cultivated enough in the presence of God to actually believe that because do you understand to actually believe that to actually to actually give God a legitimate praise for that to actually know that he is able to not only is he able he actually wants to that is actually his will for our lives not just if we get lucky glory to the name of Jesus Glory to the name of Jesus. Listen, this is so key. We can't use the known to face the unknown. God brings us into the unknown so we can have the right to conquer what's unknown. Anytime we start entering into unknown ground, God is now giving us a right to conquer unknown issues. He always answers mystery with a Mystery. So revealed mystery causes us to become mystery, which gives us the inherent right to solve mystery. Only a mystery can solve a mystery. Deep calls unto deep. So the more we're drawn, this is why the devil always draws us to tradition. This is why the devil always draws us to systems. This is why the devil always draws us to programs. You know why he does that? Because the more we're drawn to want something known, the less authority we'll have to influence the unknown. That's why it's so important for us to come out of traditions, to come out of programs, to come out of systems. Because the more we base our religious lifestyle on what we know, we disqualified from exercising the measure of authority over man's mysteries. Uh, the only answer for mystery is mystery. Not a revival service. Not a program. Not our 15 minute devotional. Not any of those things that we do by tradition and strategy is not the answer for mystery. It's somebody that's willing to walk away from the known and say, God, I don't know, but I do know one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forth to those things which are before. I don't know exactly what I'm going into, but I do know I got to leave that if I'm going to get to it. If you want a good church, that only preaches for an hour, got good children's church, make sure they let out on time. You know, it's seeker friendly. You can have it. Just know that you will not function in the authority, any authority over mystery. None whatsoever. Amen. Watch this, Ephesians chapter 3. Let's go back there. Hallelujah. We bless his name. Ain't it a blessing to know when you get married, you won't have to go through divorce? Right. Come on. 
by right of mystery. Man, that's a blessing. My children will never see divorce. They'll never see it. How can you say that? You're being arrogant, you know, if you say that. But my Bible says this. I'm going to say this one thing, and then I'm going to go. It says something about boldness. In whom we have boldness, verse 12, and access with confidence by the faith of him. Do you understand? Mystery makes you bold. Come on. Once you know mysteries, you can't be in an atmosphere of mystery without being bold. You just start talking junk. Anybody in here start talking junk lately? Because you've been, <laughs> you've been in an atmosphere of mystery. And anytime you get in an atmosphere of mystery, it makes you bold. So you just start talking junk. Ain't nobody studying the devil. The devil ain't got no legs. Oh, what The devil is defeated. I'm not going to be no scared of no devil. Ain't that what you're doing right now? Because you're in an atmosphere of mystery. And mystery always conceives boldness. You know one of the definitions of boldness and confidence is being all this. I'm so at all with God that I'm all this when it comes to the devil. Look at how many people are having divorces. Ain't none of us having it. I'm all this. Uh, look at how many people's kids are, are walking away from the church. whoop de doo Ain't none of my kids walking from the church. When you're bold, you're all this. Nothing the devil does can impress you. I don't care if you jump through hoops. I don't care what you say, what you do. How many folks is drinking? It ain't impressive. How many folks on crack? It ain't impressive. How many folks are racist? It ain't impressive. Nothing you do impresses me. I stand all this at you. When you really start standing in awe of God, you'll stand all this to the devil. That's a message for another day. I ain't even got time to deal with bold and confidence. But I know y'all been talking junk. And it's good junk, too. It's good. Keep on talking junk. For lack of a better term, y'all know what I really mean. It ain't junk. It's life. Y'all know what I mean. Amen. God knows what I mean. Amen. So, so watch this. This is so key. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. Look at this. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. No knowledge. Everybody see that? No knowledge. Notice that no and knowledge are both mentioned. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. And I need y'all to catch this because we're, we're dealing with this thing. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. No knowledge. God now calls us into knowing something beyond our knowledge. And we've touched on this before, but I need to hit it again because Paul hits it again right here. Amen. We are to know what's beyond knowledge. Now, in this text, know and knowledge are actually two separate um, Greek words. Amen. And I want to break down both because I believe it's significant for the point that Paul is trying to make. Know, the first know, which we would call the good know, amen, is gnosko. 
Amen. It is know is uh, to and to know the love of Christ. The good know is now gnosko. It is the Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. I've talked about that before as well. It is to know by way of intimate experience, not by knowledge, not by um, 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 observation, but to know by um, intimate interaction. To know the love of God, we're called to know the love of God by intimate inter action. Amen. Glory be to God. Everybody understand that? To know the love of God. Not love God, but to know how to love God. See, that's where we miss it. It didn't say to know, to know loving God, to know the love of God. You got to make love with his love to know how to love him. That's not loving God. That's knowing the love of God. You know how you learn the love of God? Loving on him with your lips. You begin to know the love of God so you can learn how to love on him. How you going to love him and you don't know his love? Come on. Amen. Amen. That's a whole other message. Did y'all get that? Amen. Noah's gnosko. It is the Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. To know by intimate interaction. Knowledge is gnosis. Uh, to, to, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Knowledge, that second knowledge, gnosis, means to know by moral standard. It means to know right from wrong. It means to live right. All I want to do is live right. Amen. All I want to do is it's the wisdom on how to live right. It is an intellectual knowledge. So so now what we got to understand is God calls us beyond the knowledge of knowing how to live right. I don't club or drink no more. That ain't the knowledge you're called to. There is a knowing beyond that knowledge. We're not called to gnosis knowledge, but to gnosko knowledge. We're not called to knowledge that comes. We're called to knowledge that comes from intercourse, not intellectualism. We, we, we're not called to knowledge from intellectualism. We're called to knowledge by intimacy. Right. Amen? So we are to know what's beyond knowledge by, and knowing by way of passion. My God, we still got to go back here. We ain't done with passion yet because passion is always a piece of everything that we do. Passion gives us access to a measure of knowledge that our mind can never give us access to. It's not how much we can learn. It's how hard we can love. And when you love hard, you'll learn more. I, see, I'm not setting out to learn everything I can about God. I'm setting out to love God with all of my heart. And I guarantee hard love will learn more than the one that wants to learn God. Amen. So now what we got to do is set out to love hard. Elevation isn't seen by platforms, but the measure of increased passion. Everybody hear what I'm saying? See, we've been elevated every time we can say the next day I'm hotter for Jesus than I was yesterday. Guess what? You have experienced elevation and you have experienced promotion. If you can walk on Friday and say, God, I want you better than I did Wednesday, congratulations. You received a promotion. If you want to pray more next week than you did last week, you received a promotion. It's it's hotter. Amen. Everybody say hotter. 
Hotter is more of an indication of God's favor on our lives than an elevated financial bracket or status. I am not knocking an elevated financial bracket or status, but what I'm saying is increased passion is more of an indication of promotion than it is increased money because outpoured passion, watch this, is permission to access mysteries, to know what's beyond knowledge. It's still talking about mysteries that you might know what you can know by your intellect mysteries amen in other words passion permits us to learn stuff that people can't learn no matter how much learning you do you can't learn it you can go to Harvard Yale you can go to the best theological school in the best ministerial school in the country and you still won't be able to now learn it because it's something that's beyond knowledge. It's only by way of passion. It's only by way of passion. Amen? There are times that people actually think I went to some type of seminary or theological school. When they hear me teach the Bible sometimes, I've had people that tell me, well, what school you go to? I didn't go to any school. But I've just been hot for 16 years. My God, I'm talking about burning coals hot. I'm talking about hotter today than I was yesterday, and I believe I'm going to be hotter tomorrow than I was today. Passion beats intellect all day long. It gives you access to a knowledge that you cannot learn. Ephesians 3 and 19, let let me say it again. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all, everybody say all, All. the fullness of God. Please let me take my time with this and please make sure you get this. Passion that unlocks knowledge beyond intellect inherits being filled with all his fullness. Everybody say all. Oh, that you might be filled. This is the part that I couldn't get to on Sunday. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Being filled with the fa- being filled with what the Father is full of. Not what he's full of from the perspective of value. Right. Not what he's full of from perspective of container and space. That's not what he's talking about. But what he's made of and what he consists of. Being full of what he's made of and what he consists of. Not what he's full of by way of volume or container. But what he's made of and what he now consists of. God doesn't love he is love. He's filled with love as his being, not just as a characteristic. Love is a part of his fullness. Everybody follow what I'm saying? God doesn't have peace. God, glory be to God, he is peace. Everybody follow what I'm saying? He's filled with peace as his being. He does not exercise peace. He's actually made out of peace. Peace is a part of his fullness. God doesn't do the supernatural. He is supernatural. He's now filled with supernatural as his being, not just as a characteristic. Supernatural is a part of his 
fullness. Entering into a measure of passion that gives us access to knowledge that our mind can never give us access to. This is where God is taking us as a people. Causes us to inherit being filled with not just love, but with the God who is love. He does not fill us with love. He fills himself with us who is love. So we're not filled with peace, but we are filled with the God who is peace. There's a big difference between the two. God, I need peace. He does not want to give you peace. He wants to give you more of him who is peace. He, do, he will not fill you with uh, the characteristics of him. He will fill you with him himself. We are filled with the fullness of God. We're not filled with the ability to do the supernatural, but with the God who is supernatural. See, God is not trying to give us the power to heal. He wants to fill us with the healer. So, so now, this is what I need y'all to understand. Glory be to God, because you're missing it. God is not um, in, a, in a sense, he is not requiring us to love everybody. You gotta love everybody. You gotta treat everybody right. God does not require us to love everybody. Now, if you take that as a sound bite, it'll sound like I'm preaching something else. But instead, fills us with the God who is love, where love is no longer a duty, but our nature. So no, now I ain't gotta love everybody. I, ain't, I got a nature that can't help but love everybody. He doesn't require us to love everybody he fills us with himself who is love God is not requiring us to heal the sick. He wants to fill us with the healer. And so healing is a part of our nature, not a requirement. We got to go out and heal. No, we got to go out and get filled. That's what we got to do. We must stop approaching as a requirement what we can only function in through filling. I'm going to say that again. We must stop approaching as a requirement. I got to have peace. No, you need to get filled with the Prince of Peace. I got to have joy. No, you need to get filled with the God who is joy. I got all of those are indications of spaces in us that are not yet grown and filled with the glory of God. So now I travail in pain again that Christ might be formed in you. That's out of Galatians. Hallelujah. Amen. God is not requiring us to stop getting worked up. He's not requiring us to stop stressing out. See, I just got to stop stressing out. God, help me. Stress. He, he's not requiring us to walk in peace. Right. He said, let me fill you with me who am the Prince of Peace. Amen. 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 And so it'll be your nature instead of a work. We're not saved by works. And, but we keep on trying to work for stuff. That, that is actually an indication of a lack of love. Right. We don't need more peace. We need more love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know I love God. Why? Because you go to church. Because when I went through hell, he was right there for me. Well, how did that prove your love for him? Right. I don't get it. Because I enjoy my pastor preaching. When he preached, it touched me. What that got to do with your love for God? Huh? What do any of those things have to do with your love for God? Thank you, Lord. Amen. I love a good word. Mm. 
we must stop approaching as a requirement what we can only function in by way of filling. We got to return to the well and say, God, fill my cup. God, we want to do everything else, but what we really need to be doing is saying, God, fill my cup until my cup runneth over. My God, until there's something in me for you that cannot be controlled, that gets all over me, around me, and on everybody in my vicinity. Fill my cup. Don't fill me with the things of God. I just want to be filled with the things of God. You cutting yourself short. He doesn't give you the things of him. He gives you him with the things in it. Right. Come on. I want the things of God. You cutting yourself short. No, no, no. He wants to fill you with him. Amen. So, so watch this. I'm going to go a step further. And I'm almost done today. And I get into rooting on Sunday, I pray. I'm not going to touch this too much. I just wanted to touch on some things to kind of shift our perspective. Amen. God, give me peace. Change this. No, fill me. Amen. Fill me, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. When the spirit of God comes, he comes and fills you. Thank Amen. You. That's what we need. We need filling. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. We don't need behavior modification. Tell me what I got to do to stop thinking like this. Fill that part of your mind that thinks like this with his mind. You need feeling. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Watch this. It goes in verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of now the, the very popular verse that we love. Now watch this. Look, now what is he talking about? He's talking about being filled with the fullness of God or being filled with who God is instead of just getting God's goods. Because right. he is good. You can't separate good from God because God is good and good is God. So if I give you good, I got to give you me because I can't never se- separate me from good because I'm good. God is good and good is God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Well, you can't help but be good all the time because God is good and good is God. You can't get good without getting God because God is good and good is. They don't separate from each other, ever. I want to see your goodness. What you really want to see is God. <laughs> Ain't no way around it. You want God, show me your glory. I'm going to make my goodness pass before you. Right? You can't separate the two. If you're seeing God's goodness, my God, God then showed up. God himself. Amen. No, now watch this. You know, God is good to us. No, God is good himself. You know, somebody told me this. Something, you know what they told me? And they got a little bit mad when I corrected them. They said, you know, with all the power that God has, Do you know he could just crush us all like ants and kill us all? I look back at that person. I said, no, he couldn't. The only reason why you believe he could is because you are looking at God from a fallen nature. His love wouldn't allow him to. It's impossible for God to come down and kill us all. Do you understand? It's impossible for God to actually come down and kill you right now. No, you're looking at him through your flesh. You are not glorifying him as God. God is love and God is good. The thief cometh to steal, kill, and 
I came that you might have. Why are you trying to attribute death to one that can only bring life? Unless you're looking at him through a wrong lens. He couldn't kill us all. No, he couldn't. His love won't let him. Now your mind has to let you believe that so you can actually live in a greater goodness. Only fallen man would believe that. Why? Because I'm thinking as if I was God. The good news is you're not. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the good news. God don't think nothing like us. His ways are not our ways, nor his thoughts our thoughts. As high as the heaven is above the earth, he has thoughts of peace and good to give us an expected end. That's it. Peace and goodwill towards men. Amen. So, so now we go to the next verse. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God doesn't release exceeding abundance unto us. He does exceedingly abundantly out of us. See, so many people are waiting. I'm waiting on God to do the exceeding and abundant. You're going to be waiting forever. He's never going to do the exceeding and abundant for any of us. He's never, exceeding and abundant ain't never coming down from, I'm waiting to see the exceeding abundant. If you're going to see it, it's not going to be because it came to you. It's going to be because it came out of you. According to the power that worketh in what? Why are we not seeing exceeding and abundant? You know why we ain't seeing exceeding and abundant? Because we equated that, I'm waiting for the Lord to perform exceeding and abundant. No, according to the power that worketh in. Exceeding and abundance, guess what? Doesn't come down from heaven. Wow. Exceeding and abundance comes out of the father's sons and daughters who are filled with his fullness by way of passion. You want to see exceeding and abundant? Light a fire in your soul for your Lord. You want to see exceeding and abundant? Get hungrier for God than your soaps. You want to see exceeding and abundant? Amen. Have more desire to hear God than see Facebook posts. You want to see exceeding and abundant? Because it ain't coming down from nowhere. According to the power that worketh in us by way of the passion that allowed us to be filled with his what? Fullness. With his fullness. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Right? right? There's no way to ever experience the exceeding abundant without committing to mystery. Thank you, Lord. Do you understand? If we don't commit to mystery, we cannot ever experience the exceeding and abundant. Why? Because it's beyond what we could ask or think. I have to commit to a mystery if I'm ever going to experience exceeding and abundant. I cannot connect myself to what I know and just do in life what I know if I'm going to experience the exceeding and abundant because it's beyond what I could ask for. What happens when God wants me to do stuff and he said, I'm not even going to tell you what I'm going to do because it's beyond what you could think I'm going to do. Right. I just need you to do something and not knowing the result. And just if you do what you don't know and you don't know what's going to happen, then I'm going to do something beyond what you could ask or think. Right. What would we rather do? Right. What we what? No. 
See, no, I got to make sure it's right because when I step out, when I step out, I got to make sure don't nothing happen. See, if God sent me, it's just going to work. Ain't nothing going to, but your children. Have you ever taught your child how to ride a bike? Did you expect your child the first time they rode that bike to not fall? But you understood it's worth them being able to function in the adventure of riding the bike to let them try, even though I know they're going to what? Fall. My job as a father isn't to keep them from ever falling. My job is to make sure I make them ride in grass. So when they fall, glory be to God, they, I'm, I'm just, when they first start learning, I'm not going to put them on cement because they'll break their bones and scathe. But I know they're going to fall, so I'm going to let them do it. In, see, our problem is we don't trust our father enough to believe to step out because if we think we fall, we don't think he loves us enough to put us in the grass. Just like we would put our children in the grass. No, you need to step out and fall some so you can figure out how to ride. You need to step out and fail some so you can figure out how how to ride. Stop thinking that no, I gotta be perfect if I'm following. That is not how this thing works. That's not how this works. I know you're gonna fall. And I'm not talking about sin and iniquity. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about stepping out in the desire to further God's kingdom. Amen. If it worked, God would have been with him. What if I'm a child and he's learned to teach me how to ride? Come on. <laughs> right? So exceedingly, watch this, abundantly above what we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God's power wants to do stuff through us that's a mystery to us. God wants to give you power. And he say, hold this. And every time you walk by somebody, amen, there's a spirit of joy that just releases in them. You don't even know why. And you don't know how it works. But all you know is, <laughs> when you walk by somebody, I'm, I'm just holding this, let me do it. Because I don't think you're going to. You got it. You got it, but let me get it. <laughs> I'm just Amen. Right. So I, I got this. I don't even know how it works. But every time I open my mouth, there's a ministry of consolation that begins to break out in people's hearts. And I'm carrying this right now. And I don't know how. All I know is I can't stop going after God. And so everybody I walk past, they get peace and joy and strength. Yeah. Everybody that I talk to, they said, man, I didn't understand. But now I understand perfectly. I can see like I never saw. I can't even tell you how it works, but I know I got something. It's exceedingly and abundantly above what I could or ever think. And it's according to a power that's working in me. Do you understand when Paul was healing people with shadows, do you think he could stop and explain how he did that? Well, what happens is when the sun hits a certain angle at 45 degrees and it must be exactly 85 degrees outside that if you fall in my shadow during that time, the Lord will come and visit you. 
It don't work like that. But that's how we try to do church. That's exactly how we try to do church. Why not just abandon yourself to passion for God and let whatever he wants to do that we don't even know to act for to begin to break out in our midst? Stop only being willing to commit to what you can explain. God wants to do some stuff to us that we cannot explain. I've had some things happen it through my life that I cannot explain. And when I tried to now put a theory serum to it, right, there have been times where I walk past people, they get healed. There have been times where I get near people and demons start coming out of them. There have been times, there's been all types of supernatural. There have been words of knowledge where God will tell me to say one sentence. They break down because it was exactly what they needed to hear at the right time. Just all type of stuff. And the first thing we try to do is say, <coughs> we look back at what happened and what were the conditions around us and say, if you want to cast out devils, you do A, B, C, and D. But I did not do any of those things because of that. I did that because I was on fire, man. I just wanted God and wanted him so bad that he would just wreck my life at times, show up in moments, and release supernatural. I can't tell you how to do that. I don't know. But I can tell you I did it. It's exceeding and abundant. Above all we can ask or think. According to the power that works in us by way of passion. For God. He calls us to commit to doing stuff out of our hearts that we do not understand how it's going to work, nor know how it's going to work with our minds. But we know it's going to get done even though we can't explain exactly how it's going to get done. We are called to release healing without knowing how to heal. We are called to cast out devils without completely understanding how to cast out devils. Amen? Amen. We are to change the world without knowing exactly how to change the world. Y'all know that, right? Amen? It's power beyond what we could ask or think. I'm going to say this last thing and I'm closing. Because this is what we got to understand. Because the fact that we don't know but we're saying yes means we, we have a right to exceeding in abundance. Right. Right? right? If there is no element of embrace mystery in our lives, we cannot help facilitate God's exceeding abundantly into the earth. Right? The Father calls us into apprehension beyond comprehension. Apprehension, apprehension, apprehending, getting beyond comprehension. What he calls for us to apprehend, we cannot completely comprehend. That's so key that we understand that. Please hear me, uh, GRC, and I'm almost done. In other words, if we have to comprehend in order to go after it, we are forbidden from ever apprehending it. Come, man, look, you will have peace for the rest of your life. Another day, not another day of, uh, day of stress, 
There are people that will not apprehend that. Why? Because you can't comprehend that. And because you can't comprehend it, you didn't take it serious enough to even attempt to now grasp it by faith. You will not spend another day of your life depressed. There are people in here that actually have that, but because you can't comprehend it, you refuse to do what? Apprehend it. Because your apprehension must come, you, you demand comprehension before, you are going to pray without ceasing for the rest of your life. Some of you will never enter into that. Why? Because I can't comprehend. How are you going to pray? I got to work. I got to wash dishes. I got to drive the car. I got to feed the baby. It's like, stop this madness. If you would just be willing to apprehend what you can't comprehend, there is a cry in your belly that can talk when your mouth ain't talking, but you got to be saying yes to what you don't understand first. God, you got another man in you besides the man you are, and that man got a mouth. Spirit man. God, man. But I got to comprehend it. I, I got to calculate that. How does that add up? And it's like, man, you are killing what you could have exceeding and abundant. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you're demanding comprehension before apprehension. Thank you, Lord. But I'm here to tell you, and I want to make an announcement again. Your children's children's children will be blessed by now the inheritance that you're going to leave. You will not have another day of, of, of literally of being anxiety and stressed out. Your blood pressure is going to naturally be regulated. You are about to start taking blood pressure medication. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. To the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your spouse are going to get along forever. You're going to want them more every single day. I can't comprehend that because this ain't changed, that ain't changed. Stop trying to comprehend. Just apprehend it. Just appre- just say yes to what God is giving you beyond your knowledge, beyond what you can ask or think. Amen. So many times, there's so many things we don't apprehend because we require comprehension first. Amen. If you're going to give me that promise, you got to make it make sense to me. And God says, on to the next. Because I ain't trying to do what makes sense to you. Your mind ain't big enough to wrap itself around what I want to do through you. Your head ain't big enough. I need to find somebody that understands I want to do stuff you cannot comprehend. My God is a revival in Darlington that's already started. And I'm here to tell you right now, whether you apprehend it or not, I don't comprehend exactly how that's happening, but I've already apprehended it in my heart. God spoke that in my heart. It's already a done deal that my children will have men and women from China, Australia, and Asia flying to Darlington, South Carolina, and Florence, South Carolina, because of the glory of God being manifest through generational blessing because they said yes to daddy's oil. The oil on them is double. They got Elisha. They got the Elisha mantle and now they're operating in double of daddy and now people from all over the world are flying to hear the wisdom of Solomon's. Yeah, Because they were all born in peace out of oneness. So now they have the wisdom of Solomon on their life. God, I know what's coming. 
Well, explain to me how it's going to happen. I can't explain that, but I know it's happening. I can't tell you exactly how. But I've already apprehended it. Watch this. So, this way. Comprehension before a willingness to commit to apprehension is always a control problem. Please hear me. Comprehension before willingness to commit to apprehension is always a control problem. If we don't completely comprehend where we're going and what we're doing, we don't have complete control over where we're going and what we're doing. That's why people have a problem with true spirit-filled men and women. Because Jesus breaks down true spirit-filled men and women in John 3. He says the man born, the man or woman born of the spirit is like the wind. He was not talking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the man filled with the Holy Spirit. When he said like the wind, we're waiting for the spirit to blow like the wind. No, you're waiting for men to move like the wind. Because that was not about the spirit absent from man. That was the spirit in man. The, the man of the spirit or the woman of spirit is like the wind. You don't know where they're coming from or where they're going. This week we having service at 11. Next month we having it at 8 a.m. This week we doing this. Next week we doing that. Where is all this stuff coming from? Where is your chart? Where is your organization? Where is your six-month, 12-month, and 10-month, 10-year uh, program and all these other things? That's not how spirit works. All right. It's very hard to follow spirit-filled men and women. Amen, because it just happens. It just happens. You know what's so funny, Marlene, and that's why spirit-filled men and women of God are a mystery to the enemy, because you can be eating eggs and getting a revelation that's going to cause an outpouring. And they're trying to attack you when you pray. And don't know because you're a spirit man. You're eating eggs, getting a revelation that's going to crush Satan's head. Oh, my God, in the, in the middle of eggs. Because you're just blown by the spirit. You're a mystery to the enemy because the enemy only wants to attack you during religious acts. But now I'm a man of the spirit. I'm all, everything, I don't do spiritual things. I'm a spiritual man. That means everything I do is spiritual. So I'll mess around and get a revelation that's going to release healing while I'm eating cornflakes. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. While I'm shooting basketball with my son, God is releasing a revelation that's going to release glory. And the devil is waiting for me to go back to my study. I'm a mystery to them. The devil boxes us into religion because he knows when to attack. But when I'm always spirit. Come on. I'm always spirit. I don't have a prayer time. My God, I have a man of prayer living in me. It's a difference, man. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. Amen. Amen. We can't. What we comprehend, we can't control, and religion can't stand that. Religion can't stand not being able to control what's going to happen or the results of what's going to I need to know what's going to happen, what's the results of what's going to happen, um, what's going to happen if it don't work. Come on, you got to give all this to me. Right. May be able to comprehend, apprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height, watch this, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. And to know the love of Christ, 
to know the love of Christ. We're called to be intimate with the love of Christ. If we're going to apprehend the love of God, please hear me. We are not going to be able to um, comprehend what we're apprehending. That means if we're really going to know the love of God, listen closely, we won't be able to control our love for God. I'm going to say that again. If we're really going to know the love of God, we won't be able to control our love for God. We have to give up control of how we love God. See, religion loves to control how they love God. I go to church every Sunday. That's how I love God. I have a 15-minute devotional in the morning. That's how I love God. You know, I, 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 I now go back over my notes. That's how I love God. I have my prayer time during this time of the day. That's how I love God. You have to give up the right to control how you love God. Right. And it becomes a lifestyle of love without limits. You will not comprehend the love of God unless you give up control on how you love God. Right. He wants to bring you out of your definition of how you love him. The love of God. It is not religion. It is not religion. Rituals It is not devotionals. It is not studies. It is not Facebook posts. It is not bye bye. And although those things may be parts of an expression of it, none of those things even come close to it. It is remaining 24 hours a day, seven days a week engaged with the spirit of God. That's the love of God. That I'm, I am 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My spirit is engaged with God's spirit Thank back and forth. That's the love. Of, until you get to the place where you don't have to now, okay, I need to think about God. But to the place where you never stop thinking about God, even while you are now thinking about and dealing with other things, you have not entered into this part. This, part, this is the love. I'm talking about, see, can you comprehend that? You can't, but you can apprehend it. If you're willing to say yes to it, even though you don't comprehend it. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're supposed to be engaged with God's spirit. God's spirit talking to you and your spirit talking to him while you are working. Can you comprehend that? No. But you can apprehend it. <laughs> I'm talking about the kingdom right now. Because it's to love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Not all the parts of your heart you now um, closed off as time periods. That you're going to love on God. That ain't what this is. Amen. If we're going to know the love of God, we have to give up control of how we love God. And understand he wants day and night. Night and day. My God, when you wake up. My God, when you go to bed, when you're going through your day, when you're giving reports. You know how easy it is when the spirit of God is engaging you and you're having a problem with your spouse not to go off the handle with your spouse. Man, I'm still engaging with the spirit of God while I'm dealing with this issue. You understand how much that releases life into everything? And once we once we understand that we're called to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, engage with the spirit of God. It's validation that we have now had our engagement. The fact that I'm engaging is proof that me and God are engaged. I've been betrothed. trying to talk some bridal stuff, man. The fact that I'm always engaged with him is proof that me and him have had our engagement. I've been betrothed. That's what God has called us to do. All of us. Man, ain't it awesome to know that the spirit of God will engage you while you're dealing with that problem in your job? It's the spirit of God is life. 
So while you're facing what you're facing, life is steady touching you. Life is steady speaking to you underneath the surface. So no matter what's happening on top of the surface, life is still right there. Joy is still dealing with you. Even in your hardest time, joy is engaging. Peace is engaging you no matter what time of the day, in the hardest of times, so forth and so on. So it becomes easier to deal with what everybody else complains about. Because I'm still being engaged by the spirit of the living God. That's what we're called to. That's what we're called to. I'm call, I call us out of religion in t- today into to know the love of God. I'm calling us out of that today. Amen. I'm not telling you not to have your prayer times, your prayer closets, your devotional times, but I'm telling you right now, glory be to God, that's not it. We are to walk in the spirit. I'm here to tell you right now, God wants to stay engaged with you all day, every day. And I promise you, I don't care how hard the day is, if you're engaged with the God who gave you the mercy of that day, it, the day will never overwhelm you. The day will never overwhelm you. I call this house, and I call us as a people today to set our gaze towards apprehending that. I know you don't comprehend it. It's a mystery. But if you say yes and honor this mystery that I'm preaching, God will make you that mystery that people cannot solve. Hallelujah. 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 God is calling us into filling. Come on. He's not calling you into another requirement. He wants to fill you with the one who made the requirement. Why would I try to meet the requirement when I can be filled with the one who wrote the requirement? So living out of the requirement is nature. Right. Not responsibility. Amen. The law is done away with yes, in Christ. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord.